Welcome to the Remembering Ethan podcast. I'm Chris Tafoya. My guest today is Sturgis Waters. Sturgis is a guitar player in the Phoenix music scene. And he and his wife, Crystal Baker, have a group known as the Waters. And they are still very active there and they perform around town often. Even though Sturgis and Ethan never had a solidified group together, they were very close friends and they did perform together every once in a while. Sturgis is another one of those musicians who I had heard of when I lived out in Phoenix, but never had the pleasure of meeting in person. So this was our first conversation together, and I really enjoyed speaking with him about Ethan and hearing about his thoughts and memories. So without any further delay, here's my conversation with Sturgis. I hope you enjoy it. Sturgis, thanks for taking the time to talk to me today. Of course, Chris. Thanks for having me. How are you, man? I'm doing well, man. Yeah, I was excited to talk to you, and it's a pleasure meeting you. You know, this is our our first time talking together ever, so. Same. Great to meet you, too, brother. Um, So before we get into Ethan, um, what what is it that you do creatively? You know, what's, what's your role and the music scene and what brought you to Ethan? Okay, well, uh, it's been a, a great number of things since I met the guy, but uh, I'll, I'll say, generally speaking, I mean, I'm in a band uh, called The Waters with my wife, Crystal, and uh, we've been playing around town for quite a while, and, and that's probably when we met Ethan, it was right around the genesis of that group. Um, I'm in another band now called Vinyl Station with a couple of guys in town and uh, we, we play all over the place and that's a lot of fun too. Um, It's hard to say when I'm, when I first met Ethan, it was probably, I was in a couple of other, I wasn't really even an established in the scene yet. I was kind of just doing open mics, but uh, for now that's kind of, those are my main kind of uh, creative direction is, is yeah. With a group called the waters. That's, that's my uh, wife, Crystal and myself. And then uh, vinyl station, which is me and three other guys. Okay. And your main instrument is guitar. Yeah. Main instruments, guitar. I play a little bit of a little bit of everything. I play some piano and drums and bass and, and, you know, uh, kind of all over the place. I don't sing. That's the one thing I don't do. Uh, but yeah, guitar is my main form of expression, I would say. Okay. So is it, is it your wife? Is she, is she the singer? Yeah. And that group, yeah, yeah. That group is kind of like an indie folk kind of acoustic rock. I don't know. It's hard to self label, I suppose, but yeah, she great singer songwriter and, and, uh, kind of acoustic and, and she, I let her do the singing, man. I wouldn't dare you know, impose on any of that. So, and then I just kind of do my thing and try to make it better with guitar, like acoustic guitar, electric guitar. And in that group, I get to do a lot of looping and percussive stuff and hitting the guitar and doing bass and doing sounds and all kinds of stuff. That's a lot of fun. Wow. That sounds really cool. I'll have to, I'll have to check that out. Are you guys on any streams? Like, do you do original stuff or is it, you got some YouTube videos floating around that I can check out or? Yeah, all of the above. I mean, we've got a, an original album out that's um, a little older, and we've got another one coming up on the way here that's about to be finished. And then, uh, yeah, tons of stuff on YouTube. Uh, we do lots of originals. We do kind of our own spin on covers. And, and uh, yeah, we've been just doing it for a real long time, and that's a lot of fun. 
Right on. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. And anyone else listening that might want to give it a listen, they'll know where to go too. Yeah, check out the water, check out the watersmusic.com and then pretty much anything the waters music, like Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or YouTube or whatever, slash the waters music, you can find us there. Okay, right on. Well, thanks for um, filling us in about yourself a little bit. I like to start with um, how you met Ethan. Do you remember? Well, um, so I'm really good friends with Todd Miller, known him for probably 20, about as long as I've known my wife, I would imagine, uh, 22 years, maybe. And um, in fact, I'm going to say this. Uh, when I first met Todd, I actually thought Todd's last name was an Ethan uh, <laughs> because everybody talked about this guy, Todd and Ethan. I was like, who's Todd and Ethan? And then, so that was, I was like, when I go on Chris's thing, I'm going to say that. And Todd's like, oh yeah, I used your joke. And I'm like, dude, come on. Come <laughs> he on. He's like, oh yeah, I already did it. I used your joke. And I'm like, dude, that was my, that's my joke, man. And it's true. It's not even a joke. It's like real. And he's like, oh yeah, I used that. Uh, but but that's true that's the honest to god's truth like i literally thought todd and ethan was this guy and then it turns out it was this guy todd and again another guy called ethan and so i i want to say to answer your question when i first met them uh i probably met todd first but like to to meet ethan it was probably when todd and ethan were were hosting an open mic at this place kind of like south of cave creek called kokomo joe's i think maybe matt henderson mentioned it a little bit um i think it was a thursday thing and at the time i had like again like i said before i hadn't really established myself really in the scene i wasn't a singer so i didn't really have an act but i was kind of just at open mics doing instrumental acoustic kind of things and i would sit in with 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 friends and i wasn't even really a lead guitar player at that point i was just kind of like finding my way or whatever and my buddy and i had this acoustic instrumental duo thing and it was like these songs that were probably like eight minutes long and we would go and play them at, at open mics or whatever. And, and I remember uh, we went to that open mic at Kokomo Joe's and Todd and Ethan were, were running it and they're like, Oh yeah, get up here and do your thing. So we went up there and played like one of our, you know, six or seven minute songs. It's just like, again, no lyrics, all instrumental. Uh, and I remember the first thing Ethan was like, wow, I didn't know doing that on the guitar was allowed. <laughs> or something it was something to that effect like i didn't know i didn't know that that was allowed on the guitar or, or it, i was like <laughs> who is this guy it's fun i'm pretty sure that if i that's my official answer final answer i'm pretty sure that's the, the very first time that i ever <laughs> my first memory of ethan newman was that yeah and and you know of all the people i've been asking that question of uh, just like you it always includes some sort of witty remark or you know, funny thing that Ethan said, you know, he had a way of coming up and telling you something cool, you know. Of course. A memorable, memorable dude. Like he had no no clue how memorable he was. Like how many, how many, how much of himself he imparted upon others in a, in a moment's notice. Like you, you would never even know. He would never even know how much of an imprint that he left on someone that he met one time in their whole life. Like just by what he would say to that person, they'll, they'll walk away and be like, dude, remember that guy? Yeah. Yeah. And I bet he sparked lots of uh, people to continue their, you know, passion for music who were kind of doubting themselves. I'm sure, especially at all those open mics that he and Todd used to host. 
very encouraging. So yeah, I bet a lot of people um, found their inspiration in him. Touching on what you just said, it was almost kind of so not typical of your average person. Like mm-hmm. at least for me, you know, typically as musicians, it's such a vulnerable space and you're guarded and, and, when somebody is so overly hyping you up and enthusiastic, you, you part of you, the weird cynicism is, is like, is this guy like messing with me? Or are you like, right. what, you know, it almost, not that it's not, it's not disingenuous. It just, it almost comes off as like, wow. Like how could somebody be this, this cool? You know, uh, uh, it takes a minute. It takes you off guard. And then you're like, Oh, wow, this, no, this is literally this guy. Like he is, he is just uber supportive of, anybody that's in this craft and and yeah i felt that a hundred percent just yeah he was very super sweet and encouraging like that yeah he really was man so you know like after the first when you first did that um open mic i mean what it was it a thing where you guys started returning is that how the friendship started to stick or like you said you knew todd so i'm assuming that ethan was usually i mean we knew Todd and Pat. I mean, like, not, I want to say in passing, he was a good friend. He would pop into our gigs every once in a while with the waters. And, and uh, you know, when we could, we would get out. I, I want to say that at that time, it was probably Tate was the band. Right. Um, which was, you know, uh, Todd and Alan and Tony and Ethan. And uh, we, you know, again, I think, I feel like you've touched on this before on some of your other episodes where like, it's sort of the curse of what we're all, we, we all are so blessed to be able to be in a town that we can all do this and make a living. But as a result, we never get to see each other do what we do. So on the off chance that like, Oh yeah, we'd get to a, we randomly have a night off and get to go see those guys or vice versa. Or, or like, you know, if Crystal and I were playing on a Wednesday at Rosie McCaffrey's like Todd would pop in if he was in the neighborhood or on the way home from a gig, usually it's you're on the way home, you're in passing or whatever, whatever it is. Um, with Ethan, I think it was probably more like either those gigs or we would see him here and there. Like, uh, the, the op- to answer your original question, the open mic thing, I don't feel that was a recurring thing for us. We just kind of popped in once or twice. Uh, but we would see him every once in a while. And I feel like a little bit later, he was doing some stuff with Easton Ash and we would see him at those kinds of things and, and just kind of he, just here, there, and everywhere. It was, it was very random. It was like, we're all on our own different paths and every once in a while our paths, paths would cross. And uh, yeah. You know, another thing about, did Ethan ever turn you on or uh, did you, or have you ever read that Victor Wooten book? Hold on. It's like sitting right here. I swear to God. No way. It's like, <laughs> oh dude. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I've actually, okay. So there's two books. Uh, right. that one and then there's zen guitar and those two books i've bought and i bought them and read them and given them away so many different times that uh yeah he absolutely did the victor wooten book is is phenomenal when you were talking about how like you know we're all busy we kind of dip in and out of each other's lives that kind of thing there were several times over the course of years that i knew ethan where he was very similar to that character michael in victor's book you know, where he would just kind of pop up and drop some knowledge and then disappear, you know, because he was doing five gigs a day, seven days a week. Or right. Whatever, you know, and um, he did remind me of that. It reminded me of that when you were mentioning how you guys kind of would see each other here and there. And then did so did did the possibility of you starting a band with him or performing with him. 
you know, did that ever pop up or was there ever talk of that? So I can't, I don't, it's hard for me to like get a, the chronology of of all of this, but I mean, like at some point, much, much later, and I mean, I know, you know, these people, but I mean, we, we, uh, so uh, my wife, Crystal and I, uh, and Jay Allen and uh, a guy named Greg Warner, who's a drummer um, and Ethan uh, all kind of, somehow i don't even know how this came to be but like you know i I, at the time i think jay was coming out with his first uh his first record was coming out and i was recording it and producing it and so he and i were pretty tight we're hanging out a bunch and then uh you know we just everybody knew ethan and 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 so it was like and we knew greg through the circles anyway so long story short somehow we ended up deciding like hey we should do a thing um, I was doing a lot of session work with Jay at the Conservatory for Recording Arts and, uh, and Sciences uh, out in Tempe and Gilbert and stuff. And so, uh, you know, through that and knowing Greg and it, we kind of got together and um, started forming this group with Greg and Ethan, me and Crystal and Jay. And uh, kind of where we, we had some, Crystal and I had some tunes that we brought to the table and Jay had some tunes he brought to the table. and we kind of started working them out. We were having rehearsals at our house here. And I want to say this is early on. So we've lived in this house 13 years is probably about that long ago, 12 or 13 years ago, we were having these rehearsals here and like working it out recording. And I've got our studio here and we were kind of like starting to put it down and it never really got the legs. I mean, we were kind of working on like, I guess you could call it an EP uh, of some songs, some of Jay's songs that have been released and some of our songs that have been released, a couple that have it. And um, it was just a whole lot of fun. And just to get to, to finally be in a project with, with Ethan and, and be able to, and then because we were trying to create recordings of it, uh, being in the studio with him as well. And also with Jay's album that we, we, we did, uh, it's, he's just consummate professional. It was just so fun. I've always respected the guys playing um, I mean, it goes without saying playing a six string bass, left-handed upside down. Um, <laughs> yeah, that sentence in and of itself is insane. The one thing, my favorite part about that, for whatever reason, he's a lefty. That's cool. He played it upside down. I never quite understood why that was. Uh, but, but my favorite part about that was, is that when, like, if he and Jay were playing some goofy gig somewhere and Crystal and I would roll through on our way home from our gig, we'd see them. Ethan would be like, oh, man, jump up here, play something. Here, come play my bass. And I could take his lefty bass and flip it upside down. And it was shaped all weird because it was, the body was backwards. But I'm like, I can play it because the low strings and the high strings were yeah. in the right place. So that was a lot of fun. But um, that was probably my sadly my extent of playing with ethan was kind of in this project that never was but it was you know i'll never forget it do you still have some of those tracks of what you guys were working on that time see now you got me thinking about it like i think i do a hard drive somewhere uh, it's probably sitting right in front of me somewhere in this area here uh i i'll have to look yeah i gotta look it up i mean i don't know what all is done and not done but yeah i definitely i know he came over and did some tracking days so i know there's some stuff in there for sure yeah, that'd be kind of cool to find and listen to. What was your What was your favorite thing about working with them in the studio? Um, I I think just 
I mean, I don't know. Having recorded a lot of people, it takes all kinds, I guess. Sometimes people will struggle and have to just kind of, everybody has their own path, you know, but I think with him, it's just, he knows what this, he doesn't play the bass. He plays the song. Like he plays the, That's you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. I know what you mean. Um, like he, he plays with his ears. Like mm-hmm. I've, I've even seen evidence of that way later on just incredible dude. Like he can, this is all just kind of background. He, th- this is where it's at. He's listening with his ears. He's the bass is kind of obeying his commands, but like, but who, the star of the show is his ears for sure. Without a doubt. Yeah. That's a really good point. Not playing the bass, but playing the song, you know, Tony and Ethan kind of ruined me because those were the first cats that I ever had like an organized, organized deal with, you know, and we'd go over to Alan's house and uh, we'd lay down some scratch tracks. Then Alan would bring those guys in. And then if I was busy, if I wasn't busy, I'd come over and watch them play. And it would be like, Tony, do a take. And then he was done with that song. He'd do another take. He is done with that song. He'd do another take and then ask to go to the middle because, you know, maybe a fill was out of time. Punch in that, t- you know. And then Ethan would come in, do a take, be done, do a take, be done. So I'm thinking... Oh, this is cool, man. It's like in the movies, you know, like a, guy, a cat comes up and just plays a tune. And, and then after I left Phoenix in 2010, um, I realized that I was going to have to, you know, start learning how to do music production so I could record my own music. And I helped some other people work on projects. And boy, man, it was painful. <laughs> I was it's not like, like that. Oh. It's not like that, is it? <laughs> no, dude, not at all. Well, with some people, you know, like you said, everyone has right. their own path and but you but you yeah you said it right you were spoiled like you get a feel for yeah. like, oh okay nope it's not like this most of the even most of the time like it's, right. if you're lucky it's like this some of the time but you got a good taste of it at the very very beginning yeah most people most people play play with the stinkers and then find out that there are dudes like tony and ethan out there and you did it backwards you went out and got the callaway clubs <laughs> And then went out and got the crappy ones. And you're like, wait a second. So. Exactly, dude. Yeah. And it took me several years later to realize like, oh, shoot. You know, and then the other thing that's hard for me, too. And Ethan was so sweet about it because I know that my timing was horrible because I can hear it on the first record, you know. And I remember him giving me, giving me little timing lessons in his sweet way. You know, he didn't he was never crass about it or anything. But um, that's the other thing, too, you know, as I learned. I'm I'm happy that it happened because I learned so much being thrown into that situation with those guys where I had to, you have no choice but to get better and quick, you know. So, you know, I'm, I do appreciate that part of it. So, okay, so that's cool. So you guys tried to get a project together and it just didn't quite materialize. And then over the years, you didn't really jam together a whole lot. I know we like to do a lot of like, uh, there were even a few times where he'd call me out of the blue and say, hey, you know, Todd can't make it to come can you come do a duo with me tonight over at this, you know, biker bar? Don't worry about it. I'll walk you through it. Did you guys ever end up doing like an acoustic deal? Um, I'm trying to think. I know that that's a very similar story. I mean, like there were times when we would do that with Todd or we would do that with Ryan Sims, who was like, you know, Easton Ash. And I think around that time, Ethan was in that group. Um, Honestly, it was, it was mostly, I don't think we ever did. Um, we, we definitely popped in on a lot of those. I mean, there were a lot of gigs like that where 
where Todd and Ethan would play acoustic and we'd pop in to go say hi and then they'd drag us up to play a song or or like you know East and Ash is playing a gig and and we would uh we would jump up and, and jam with the band and and you know Ethan's by the end of the night Ethan's got a shirt off and we're all it, it was the old uh gosh what was that prime bar I think over on Scottsdale uh just rocking good time with east and ash and we, we we'd pop in again usually on the way home from a gig and they're like oh get up here ethan's like get up here come on let's go and uh and then we would we'd go up there and tear up something with the band and it was just a it was a just a, such a good time very cool and so like how good of a friend did you get to become with ethan i mean were you guys like texting each other and calling and stuff did you get to that point with them or was it more of a peripheral thing um it was somewhere in the middle, I would say. I mean, I, I he was a great friend. Um, I, and again, and obviously hindsight's twenty twenty. I wish we could have been closer, but I mean, honestly, it was. Uh, I, I appreciated the interaction that we did have. I mean, I, again, I would see him out. We'd see him at shows. Uh, we, you know, he would invite us out to stuff. Um, he and I were both kind of Star Wars nerds, so uh-huh. like. Uh, There's where uh, you it. <laughs> yeah and so we would text each other sometimes i you know i don't again i wish it was more but it's it's funny that you to have friends that maybe you don't see them a lot or maybe at, at certain times of your life or maybe you don't talk to them a bunch but like you'll just get a random text that's just some really funny funny shit <laughs> yeah and out of, out of the just completely out of the blue and you'd be like oh my god like all right <laughs> And then you got to respond in kind, of course, and you're find something funny. So like, or, you know, you find yourself sending them that thing that, you, that makes you think of them. And so, it, it, you know, to a point that was part of our, our friendship was, was that just kind of, you know, sending really funny stuff back and forth. And um, yeah, I mean, again, I, I, I touch back on, like, I feel like we were doing the same exact thing to town at exactly the same time. So it's, it's hard to, right. beyond that, you have to almost, you have to like carve out the time on literally a Monday night to go hang out. And so sure. it didn't happen nearly as much as I wish it could have. Well, he's really well known for his humor, right? I mean, he, he could make anyone laugh and it, the stories he'd tell were just hilarious. And do you remember any of the things that he used to do that would crack you up? Oh my gosh. I mean, um, you mentioned the, te- you mentioned the text that he would send you, but. Any other things swim around in your brain? Uh, you know, um, again, the whole, like, I used to think Todd's last name was in Ethan. Uh, so clearly those guys are, were, were, you know, joined at the hip. Uh, he used to do this thing where he would be like, ah, so another guy named Todd. And then he would like <laughs> tell it, he would tell a Todd story and uh, just nailed it. I mean, it, you know, it's funny how the more time you spend with people, you, you can even develop like it. You could start doing their voice. Like he would just, he would do the Todd voice and it was just, you know, incredible. Um, uh, I mean, you know, it was always, he was always, you said it yourself. Like he was a consummate, uh, just yeah. he cracking everybody up. Like regard, that was his, that was his love language. And I can relate to that myself. Like I'm, I'm in it for the joke, like no matter what, even to a, I've been married for almost 16 years and sometimes it's to a detriment where like, I'm literally, my, my motivation is like, 
I'm going for the laugh. And sometimes it'll like wreck the rest of my night because I was trying to be funny or whatever. But uh, I feel like just that devotion to just getting somebody to show their teeth at you is, is cool. And I feel like he had that where he would, he was constantly just trying to, to get, just to get people to just, to, just to smile and laugh. Yeah. Yeah. He was constantly doing that, man. You know, yeah. The Todd stuff was just, man, he, he would just get me so, you know, just rolling on the floor with that. And then, then he'd bust out. I, I remember, uh, I'm forgetting who it was. I've talked to so many people now, but someone was telling me a story about when, about the first, you know, about Chucky Todd, right? Did you ever hear Ethan? Do no, the Chucky thing? I, I don't know it by name. I mean, so I, like I told you, I heard part of your episode with, oh, with okay. Matt Henderson, and, but you, you referenced that. And I was actually going to ask you that. Like, I don't, I might know what you're talking about, but I don't yet. Well, this person that I was talking to, and it's gotta be, man, it's going to drive me. It's going to come to me in just a little bit, but he was telling me that he goes, I think you were there. Do you remember? Oh, maybe Jay Allen. I think it was Jay Allen. And he, we were talking about the first time that Ethan ever said Chucky Todd, because anytime for us around our, our group, when he would tell a Todd story, he'd start, he'd say Chucky Todd, you know, let me, and then he would tell the Todd story. And there was some girl at sugar daddies that told Ethan that Todd reminded her of Chucky sometimes, like when he would get real drunk and crazy at shows. And Ethan just loved that, dude. He started cracking up. So he started running around sugar daddies like this, saying Chucky Todd, Chucky Todd, Chucky, for like five minutes. And then after that, so I asked Todd about that. Cause I, uh, matter of fact, Todd's episode's coming out this Friday. And right. he had no freaking clue what I was talking about. <laughs> he goes, Chucky Todd, what's that? Wow. I don't what's know what that, what you, uh, I don't know Chucky Todd. It's you, Todd. <laughs> goes, probably. No, I, dude, I've never heard that, but your story, I, I, there's no doubt in my mind that everything you just said is true. Like, that's amazing. And not that, you know, Todd doesn't remind me of Chucky or anything, but yeah. that, that, that Ethan heard that and then did what you described. That sounds, right. that story, that story checks out. That's, that's incredible. <laughs> And, you know, the other cool thing about Ethan that I remember was he he would make fun of his friends as well, but he never did it in a way that was, like, cruel, you know? Like, friends would laugh along with him, too, but he did really – he did a good – you've got an awesome Todd impersonation. You've got him down. Oh Probably I don't even... one of the good ones that I've heard besides Ethan. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Thanks, I guess. <laughs> I mean, you, you, you hang out with, I feel like my Todd impression is an impression, impression of, of Ethan's Todd impression. There you go. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's, it, it gets kind of, it, it's kind of like, you know, distilled a little. Yeah. Well, you know, like uh, before I hit the record button tonight, we were kind of chatting a little bit, you know, and we were talking. Oh my God. About... I thought you were, I, I thought you were about to like, you're like, well, I haven't hit the record button yet, but before I do, I want to <laughs> ask you this. I'm like, dude, what? <laughs> Like, sorry, oh man, sorry. You're, you're gonna be mad about this, but uh <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. I did let's just just say everything you just said again, please. <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead, Chris. Oh, dude, I'm loving it, man. You're reminding me of Ethan because that you you're you're right. You guys have similar personalities, you know. You're cracking me up. But um, I had meant you may even made me forget what I was gonna say. Hang on a second. <laughs> oh, yeah, before before we officially started, we were talking about how 
the way it was that Ethan passed away, he just kind of was there one day and the next he wasn't, you know? And so what is it in your life and in your relationship with Ethan that you've, that, that you've known, or what do you miss about having him around? Um, before I answer that, I just want to touch a little bit about, um, just the the days towards the end. Uh, I don't want to get dark, but I mean, uh, you made me think about it, but, um, yeah, COVID was the son of a bitch, man. I mean, um, especially being musicians as we all were, and, and it just like pulled the rug out from under all of us. And we thought we, we, we had it kind of made the ones of us that, you know, we were fortunate enough to have a, a living doing this and for something like that that none of us had ever even considered in a million years to come along and just wipe everybody out not just us but like the industries that surrounded us like hospitality and bartending and restaurants and food service and anything that is it's such an abstract idea of like gathering and all of us gathering in a public place and suddenly that's taboo like it, it's just it just completely um unprecedented in this generation so i'll i'll say that but so in the in the throes of that uh here we are and and i think at the time it was the end of 2020 i think and and um because there wasn't really we couldn't do anything it was like so we we drove across the country my wife crystal and our kids drove across the country to go and and stay at uh her mom's uh, cabin they had a cabin in North Carolina we drove all the way across the country to go do that and in that time Ethan was had gone to the hospital for COVID it's like okay well you know it's it's COVID and people are, some people go to the hospital that's fine and you can get through it and, and it kind of was it just it was progressing and progressing and and I can remember uh I can remember thinking saying something to Crystal like I kind of feel bad leaving. Like if, if, if we leave and we're going to be gone for, you know, we're driving across the country, it takes like at least two full days to get there and two full days to get back. And we're going to be out there for a week. And I'm like, if we go out to, if we go all the way out there and we're away from all of our people and, and everybody and, and Ethan, it's like, and if something God forbid were to happen uh, and she's like, don't even talk like that. And I'm like, Oh, I don't mean to be, I'm not being, pessimistic or negative but i'm just i'm kind of a you gotta look see the whole picture consider all the options and, and i remember saying something of that and and you know it was while we were out there mm-hmm. we we were on that trip and and got the word and uh yeah i don't yeah. think that answers your question but I, but it was just a <laughs> thought that i had but um uh, what do I miss most about Ethan was, yeah, it would just be those moments of every once in a while he would text me and be like, Hey man, I just send me something funny or you know, uh, or, you know, I don't know. Yeah. But much like you, I mean, the stuff, that's the stuff I miss because I haven't been, haven't been out there for so many years. For me, it was mostly texts and phone phone calls and stuff like that. You know, that stuff. And I also miss him hipping me to like cool music or books or movies or stuff you know like when he did the mastodon thing with me i was a little resistant at first because i'd seen them at coachella a couple years in a row and i dug them i you know i appreciated their 
you know, musicality and the crafting of their tunes, but he really put me to the to the test on that one. He said, I want you to listen to this song and check out these lyrics, you know, and and by God, and he got me into Mastodon for sure. You nice. know, or if a Metallica blurb in the news would pop up, he'd text me and, you know. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I mean, yeah, for whatever reason, I'm just kind of going with the flow, but you made me sure. think of a time when, uh, uh, like, one of my favorite movies of all time, aside from any Star Wars movies, is The Big Lebowski. And, uh-huh. uh, and he was a, a shared fan as were a lot of us i know matt and jay you know how can you not love that movie but yeah it's uh, the best movie ever <laughs> yeah. he, always, he always swore like we're gonna have a time we're gonna we're gonna have a screening at your house and because i had like at our house we uh, we have this kind of big uh, kind of open room that's like the kitchen and the family room and it's just big ceilings and we ended up getting a projector and because uh, the wall where the your tv would go was just like this 20 foot wall and it was just you you're whatever size tv you got at that time 13 years ago wasn't going to cut it so we had to end up get a projector and so then it was always the spot you wanted to go and watch movies and he's like oh we got to do a screening and so there was a time when uh ethan and and jay allen and i uh ended up being the ones over here watching the big lebowski and it was it was a blast and it was you know drinking white russians and and uh just having a blast and, and watching it and and i can you know so there's always that there's always like that commonality of of you know like uh the star wars thing or the lebowski thing and throwing quotes around or memes and sharing memes back and forth and all that stuff it was you know it was a lot of that for sure how would you describe ethan to someone who didn't know him if someone came along and said what's up with that dude what's he about uh i i would i guess i would kind of say um no matter who you are and what you do, he, he wants to like boost you up. He wants to lift you higher. And um, he's just, just ultimate. He's like everybody's cheerleader. He was like super supportive of just about anybody that, that was doing what they wanted to do or should be doing, I would say. Yeah, that's a good description of him. And, you know, I've got a question for you that I ask people who performed with them, even though you didn't perform with them very often, but I would be curious to see what kind of answer you have. And um, what I asked them is, you know, anyone who performed with Ethan obviously had a number one, had a great time, you know, but number two, they observed his mannerisms and, you know, his style of performing, whether it was musicianship or, you know, his personality with the audience or saying hi to friends or changing lyrics to songs, stuff like that, even though, you weren't in an organized band with them or anything like that. Is there anything that you took away from Ethan just by being, you know, in his circle? Um, I, I remember taking away that there were times where we would play together where, you know, uh, I think there was a time where there was a camping trip or something that we, we set up a whole stage and played for a bunch of people. And it was, you know, Tony King and, uh, and Todd and Ethan and um, Matt Henderson and me and Crystal and all of us setting up and kind of just like, okay, now what do we do? Now what do you want to do? And um, it's kind of like a, I mean, music is a language, but it's also like a dance. And so Ethan, he knew how to do all of it. He, he, he knew how to weave himself in and out and, 
and it, that includes like banter and know when to like just say something really funny in the mic and not interrupt the song and right. uh or just to be able to do he could kind of he could md he could musical direct musically direct the whole thing like an md is a musical director of a, of a band and it kind of is the the one who calls the shots on a tour or whatever it is but he can md the whole thing without you even knowing uh or what i'm sorry no without you knowing uh without even thinking about it like he, he just knew how to kind of keep it moving and keep it moving smoothly and and uh i always respected that and it, w- it wasn't even like he had to try or he, he just kind of found himself in that role when it was needed just to be able to make it as best as it could be and so is, is that something that you feel like you incorporate with your own musical projects after witnessing him do that or is that a skill you think you had already no, no, I don't have that even still. No, 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 no oh, not at all. Gotcha. So you were just an admirer of the fact that he could do it more than anything. Oh, mostly I was commenting on like in that moment, I was just like, this is, yeah, that was, that's, that's awesome. The fact yeah. that he was just be able to just jump in and, and kind of take command. It, not even just, uh, he just kind of saw that there was a, a hole to be filled and he kind of jumped in and, and was like, okay, let's not this let's not let this ride off the rails like let me jump in here and how about this and how about yeah what matt take a solo sure just take a solo and and then here how about this you take this first todd you go and then like let's go to the end and he just kind of knew how to make it as best as it could be on the fly like that was super Mm -hmm. impressive just a natural sort of ability to do it i wonder where he got that from maybe it was just natural. yeah I mean, you know, there was there was one instance that to to touch on that, uh, he I can't remember where we were, it might have been like at, at Oso or something like that. But he was sitting in with a band that he either definitely was not in, and if he was, it was a long time ago, but he was filling in, just playing bass, and they had their own arrangements and stuff, and you know, as as you do, and they were kind of he knew where to go he knew the parts i guess it should be like this he knew the parts but uh the i can't remember if it was the guitar player or somebody was kind of like talking in his ear saying like okay samba and then he would he would adjust what he was doing based on that style of music and then they'd be he'd be like okay now tumbao and then he would go and get into that and he's like, all right, now back to this. And he just calling out genres of Latin music. He would he would just fall right into. He knew what that exactly meant. Like he would just he he already knew like he knew the progression. He knew how to get from here to here to here. But but this was this is about like the expression and the rhythm and the pattern that was you know desired at that time. And again, this is somebody calling out genres on the fly, like from bar to bar to bar and i watched him do it and i was like that's that's insane like i i have no i'll you know i'll probably never get to that point like that was just so impressive at some goofy gig on a patio like it was that's you know what i mean yeah right yeah yeah just what a wonderful musician and a cool guy all around you know what would a what would a last what would a last hang with ethan look like for you if we were in some alternate universe and you had the opportunity oh, to last hang with them. I mean, I feel like it would have to be a jam session, right? 
I was going to initially, I, first I was going to be like, oh, we'd watch some Star Wars shit that, that's come <laughs> out since you haven't been around, but we're oh. with us. Uh, but, you know, I don't know. It's funny, too, because we would talk about stuff like that. I, I don't want to jump down a Star Wars rabbit hole, but it's, it feels like there's... Do it, man. In the newer the newer generations of stuff, there's a lot of haters out there and there's a lot of critics and a lot of people like us that that maybe grew up with it you know, in the late seventies, early eighties, when it all started. And, and now some of those people that did that feel like they have the, the wherewithal to just kind of like take a shit all over it. And, and so I was, I've always been one of the people that have just been like, just, yeah, could it have been done better? Of course. Could anything have been done better? Of course. Just, just, just shut up and let people enjoy things. Like just, just, yeah could was that not great fine could it have been better sure like whatever just try to appreciate it for what it is and i i feel like you know hopefully i'm right but i feel like he was the same way where it's just like it's it's part of this whole universe this whole canon of of fiction so just let people enjoy the stuff like it's fun um that being said yeah it would totally be a, a big ass jam session with a bunch of you know Bacardi and Cokes and and yeah, it'd be a blast. Yeah, that does sound like a good time, man. And most most of the people who I've asked that question to end up end up in that spot too, you know. <laughs> Just to jam with them one more time because it felt so good. And you didn't worry about falling down because he, he had such a strong foundation underneath you to dance around on, you know. Oh yeah. And it was always just, you know. Also, I guess, yeah, okay, so uh, I will say that I would make sure that at some point I would play his six-string upside-down, upside-down bass, upside-down again, <laughs> and then I would I would make sure to, to make sure he plays my right-handed, right-side-up guitar upside-down, left-handed at some point so that it's just full, it's full circle. Yeah, right, like a full circle. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, the biggest problem with playing his bass, this, his upside-down, left-handed, right-handed, right-side-up bass was that was like now I'm bumping knobs that are up here. Yeah. Uh -huh. It should be down here or whatever. Yeah, you do the math, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. It would most certainly be a musical expression. Um, speaking of the upside-down thing, I mean, there were a few times where he would uh, – take a request that I didn't know, you know, and he'd say, just follow me. Don't worry about it. And he, and I would try to follow him, but it was backwards. <laughs> so I'd be like, what? So he, but he could always see on my face, you know, that I look confused and he'd go F G C, you know, the guy to help me with it. But it was, it was, it's kind of hard, but then I got used to it. Like I could say, okay, yeah. Now I, it's almost like uh, your eyes adjusting to darkness or something. Like eventually, you so I, 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 it's, it's so interesting to me. Like, I, I know exactly what you mean, and there's no right or wrong answer to what you're saying. Uh, to me, it was always the opposite of what you just described. So, like, the, the reason I say that is because, like, the other band that I'm in, Vinyl Station, uh, my singer, Matthew Thornton, um, he actually did a show. Uh, they did, there was a Wildflowers show at the, at the Musical Instrument Museum and, and kind of other places. Uh, he was involved in that with Ethan. Um, but, so Matthew, my singer, is a lefty as well. And so he plays guitar left-handed. 
and I play right-handed. And so to me, it's always been like, uh, they're few and far between, but lefty players, when I look at them, I feel like it's a mirror. So I feel like immediately I can, I can do what they're doing immediately. Like if, if you're, if I, if I'm a righty and I'm looking at another righty and I'm trying to see what they're doing, I have to almost, it's almost like tying a tie. If somebody's like, help me tie a tie. I can't stand in front of you and tie your tie. Uh, even if you're my bro or whatever, I got to get behind you and like tie your tie because I don't, it's, it's all like a, a backwards brain thing or a mirror image thing or something. But uh, so, you know, playing with Ethan or playing with uh, Matthew or, or lefties in general, but Ethan especially was like, uh, if I'm looking at him and he's looking at me, he's like my mirror image. And so I can kind of follow and he's, he's not doing chords on guitar per se, but you know, it's right. still, it's all relative, I suppose. R root notes or whatever. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's interesting. I guess so. It'd be kind of like looking in a mirror and uh, you just kind of follow the... Yeah, okay. Yeah, if that had been told to me before I tried doing it, maybe I would have <laughs> thought a different way. Like, man, now you tell me shit. <laughs> but you're right. You almost have to like get in front of the dude to see what chords he's playing. But with Ethan, his hand was right there for you to look at. <laughs> or any left-hand right. player. Yeah, right, and does... Right. And does your buddy string it left-handed as well, or does he do the Ethan? Oh thing? yeah, no, no, no. There was no okay. Ethan thing. There's no, I, I, to, to, in, you know, in my book, it was fucking. It was Ethan Newman and Jimi Hendrix. That's all I got. I don't know anybody else that did it. I don't know anybody else that did it that way. And I, I, oh, I had one other friend that did, uh, and he actually didn't do that that way. He so he was a, another multi-instrumentalist, but he played drums mostly, but he would play guitar occasionally. And he played lefty, but he would play when he played lefty, he would play lefty, you know, the low string on the top and the high string on the bottom, like the rest of us. But he could also, I think, I feel like lefties all have this innate, because they're in a, a, a righty world, lefties can grab a righty's guitar because that's all there is out there for them most of the time and then figure it out. So I feel like my buddy, my other friend uh, could could do that too like i feel like all lefties have a, a little bit of skill doing it upside down uh and he even tried to tell me and so then that was the funny thing is uh the guy i'm talking about my friend aaron i was in a band with him for a time and we, he had kind of a jam house at the garage and all set up for jamming and we'd go over there and J uh, aaron lived with jeremy and both of them were lefties and so it was almost like this house was like for for every all the righties it was exactly like it was going for lefties in the whole rest of the world so i go over to their house tons of guitars and basses they're all left-handed so i'm like this is exactly what dudes like ethan or or you know any lefty is going to feel like this in the rest of the world so i'd go over there and he's he's trying to explain to me like oh yeah no it's just just play it even though it's strung upside down as, as the notes get higher, your hand gets higher on the neck. And I'm like, none of this makes any sense. So uh, I, I'm curious if you ever get to the bottom of it, I'm curious to know how Ethan came about that particular layout, if it was out of necessity or, or you know, I don't I have no idea. Like for me, it was just my dad showed me right-handed. So I just, that's the way I did it, you know? I don't know, man. I mean, having kids and, you know, you, you have kids, I, I gather. And, and, uh, that was something that interested me too. Like when we had kids, it's like, 
they say that left-handed, right-handed, your kids may start to favor a hand as when they're like tiny, like before they're even one, they could start favoring a hand, like picking stuff up with one hand or whatever. But I feel like it's, at least the way it was explained to me, it's, it's always very kind of coachable, not coachable, but like very impressionable. So if you can extrapolate from that, what you just explained, you know, your dad told you that you didn't know any better and you kind of just, you learned it that way. You started on page one, holding the guitar one way or holding it the other way. And I don't necessarily think that because you throw a ball with one hand or you, you know, you know what I mean? Or you catch a ball with the other one. uh, I don't think that necessarily matters because the fact that like, you started out that way. This is, this is somebody hand you guitar and they're like, hold it this way. And that's, yeah, I, I, I don't know. That's just, that's just me. I mean, like may, maybe I'm wrong, but like I'm in your corner. I don't feel like had somebody handed it to you this way that you were going to be, you were going to be Ingve or something. I feel like it, it was equal. It was a level playing field. That's sure. my, that's my estimation. I don't know. Oh, and I think you're probably right. Yeah. I, I, I tend to, like what you say sounds fair and right to me, but I need some reason why I wasn't able to do it. <laughs> You're just searching for a reason. I love it. That's, okay. All right. I get it. <laughs> so I'm blaming that, man. Dad nice. screwed up for You're me. Pro- <laughs> You're probably right, man. You were ready to sweep pick and just like throw a bunch of picks out in the audience like Ingve and that would have yeah. been right, right. Or make make my guitar talk like Eddie and shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, Sturgis, I appreciate you being so generous with your time, man. And it was great to meet you and talk with you. And, Same, Chris. Thank you so much for having me, man. It's great to meet you, too. Sure. And I, pre- I I can't tell you how much I appreciate what you're doing. And Right on. I mean, there's honoring somebody's legacy, and then there's doing what you're doing, which is like 100 times more than that. So uh, what you're doing is just giving, giving the gift to not just the people that knew him, but like the rest of the world, seemingly. It's just like... So, you know, what you're doing is just incredible. And thanks for including me in this. It's just so great. Sure, man. Thanks for your words. I appreciate it. I'm happy to do it. Of course. Appreciate your time. All right, sir. Just well, hopefully we can keep in touch, man. And, uh, you know, I'll uh, shoot you a link when your episode comes out. Tell us one more time what that uh, website is. Uh, so the, the the main group I'm in is uh, it's called the Waters. That's with my wife Crystal, and that's uh, the Waters Music. So like the WatersMusic.com or Facebook or Instagram or any of those things. And then the other group I'm in is called Vinyl Station, and that's uh, VinylStationBand.com or Facebook, Instagram, Vinyl Station Band, any of that stuff. So yeah, that's me. All right, Sturgis. Well, take care, man. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate you, bro. All right. See ya. Yep. I know that I've said it a few times throughout the podcast, but I really do enjoy speaking to musicians that I didn't get to know when I was living out there. And I really am enjoying meeting new people through Ethan still. And um, Sturgis was no exception to that. It was a great conversation, and I really enjoyed hearing his thoughts. If you'd like to keep up with Sturgis and Crystal, um, just like you mentioned in our conversation, you can go to thewatersmusic.com and find out where they're performing. 
Please make sure to join me next week for the season two finale featuring Jeff Jowis. Jeff is a drummer and percussionist in the Phoenix scene. And we have a really interesting conversation about um, his experience of knowing Ethan and performing with him. So please make sure to join me next week for that. I'd like to leave you today with an original song by The Waters titled Hocus Pocus. Thanks for joining and we'll see you soon. Been working on some new legs Something to put a spell on you Make you feel that way again Same sweet way you used to And I've been pulling all the cards Yeah, I thought my hand was loaded Why's it gotta be so What you get's not always what you see